This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, a review of Norwegian Escape. Yeah, the very first Norwegian ship to resume sailing from Port Canaveral. So Brian and Deb will be here in just a little bit to chat about their seven-night sailing to the Eastern Caribbean. Richard Sims is in the wings with Cruise News and Cruise Radio News. Are three things you need to know every single day. Well, Monday through Friday, just opposite of this at Cruise Radio News or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. A little side note here before we jump to Richard, since Thanksgiving is upon us, it's been a heck of a roller coaster ride for all of us over the past 20 something months. And we're finally starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel. But I, I just want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for being here. I know a few of you dropped off during the shutdown and have rejoined since then. I get the emails and DMs and the tweets. So uh, welcome back, I guess I'll say. But for those who also hung out and hung in there through the shutdown, it meant a lot because it was a very challenging time. So thank you so much. Before I start getting any more emotional, it's Richard Sims with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. One of the big guys at Royal Caribbean is stepping down after 33 years. This kind of, to me at least, came out of the blue. I mean, I pay a lot of attention to the news, uh, especially cruise news, and I didn't even hear rumblings of this. But yeah, after 33 years, Royal uh, Royal Caribbean's Richard Fain, who was the CEO of the company, stepped down. Uh, during the pandemic, he was sort of a very public cheerleader for not only his company, but for the industry as a whole. His regular chats with travel advisors indicated that he really got how difficult this was for them and how it was impacting them. You know, a lot of the other CEOs talked about how their individual companies were being impacted, but Richard Fain's addresses to the travel advisors really spoke directly to them and what they were going through. And he also talked a lot about how, you know, important it was for sailing to get back for the various ports because they rely on the money coming in. This is a guy who was making approximately the same salary as God, but he came off as down to earth somehow. Um, he's just, he's a plain speaker. He's a really just kind of an average Joe kind of guy. And I think that always served him very well, especially during the pandemic, because he was very comforting. Uh, the new guy who's coming in is Jason Liberty. He'll be taking over the role. He's been chief financial officer of the company for a while, but Honestly, I think for most of us, he's a little bit of an unknown quantity. We've heard him speak on, you know, the quarterly earnings reports and things like that, but we don't really have a sense of him yet the way we did with Richard Fain. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, one of the world's largest cruise ships has hit another milestone. Not one of, it is the largest. It is the latest Oasis-class ship, Wonder of the Seas. And it basically moved from, it doesn't sound very exciting, it basically moved from a shipyard on one side of France to a shipyard on the other side of France. But it's, you know, kind of important because this is the next step. Now that she's in another dry dock, she's in dry dock 10, and this is where they'll do a lot of the interior finishings and sort of the final touches on the outside. She's getting very close to being done. She's expected to be delivered to Royal Caribbean around the end of January. Then the ship will head to Port Everglades to be doing begin doing sailings on March 4th. 
What's interesting, and we've talked about this before, pretty much every time they rolled out an Oasis-class ship. So this is the fifth Oasis-class ship. The previous ones were Symphony, Harmony, Allure, and Oasis of the Seas. Every single one of them has been the biggest ship in the world. Because what they do is, each ship that they make in this class, they add, you know, a couple inches. And that way, and the reason they do it, it's super smart. Every single time they get all the mainstream press announcing, oh, look, the world's biggest cruise ship, as if it's like, you know, suddenly 5,000 <laughs> feet bigger than the last one. It's it's brilliant because they get promotion from not just us who we're going to cover it no matter what, but because it is the world's biggest ship, they're going to get um, they're going to get media coverage from outlets that they might not normally get. You know, you don't realize how big those ships are until you have been like prior to the shutdown. I was on a Carnival uh, fantasy class ship docked next to a Royal Caribbean Oasis class ship. And you could easily put like five of those fantasy class ships just in Central Park alone on the it's Oasis cr- class. It's but crazy. Yeah. Even though like a couple weeks ago when I was at Perfect Day, I was on Quantum or a, a Quantum class ship on Odyssey. And Symphony docked next to us. And still, the Oasis-class ship, Symphony, could totally give Odyssey a piggyback ride. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. It's just crazy this, how big those ships are. Uh, so Carnival Vista is moving ports in 2023. I like to call this the Carnival Cruise Ship Shuffle. Um, I kind of think it's a dance that they should start doing during the Groove for St. Jude. Like every time they announce uh, 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 that they're moving ships around, they should do a special segment and people can wear you know shirts with the various ships <laughs> and they can reposition themselves. I think it'd be a blast and make some money. But anyway... When the company announced that their currently under construction ship, which is Carnival Jubilee, would be sailing out of Galveston starting in 2023, uh, they said, okay, so we're going to shuffle a ship and take Carnival Vista, which is currently in Galveston, and we're going to move it over to Port Canaveral as of November of 2023. So once Vista moves from there, she'll do sailings anywhere from five to eight nights. Um, They're currently open for booking. And what I really like is that they have dubbed the itineraries exotic. So when like you go to book, it'll say exotic Southern Caribbean or exotic Eastern Caribbean. I don't know what makes them exotic because it's basically the exact same itineraries that, you know, you always do when you go to the Caribbean, you, you know, you need a half moon K and whatever. But for some reason they decided to dub these particular itineraries exotic, <laughs> um, you know, whatever works. The other thing that's interesting here is, you know, to kind of talk about Jubilee for a second. So Vista was clearly in the Vista class. Um, Jubilee is going to be the third in the new class because it started with Mardi Gras. Then next year we get Celebration. And then after that comes Jubilee. Jubilee is going to have two new zones. Now, they haven't said what those zones are, but... I, I'm, I have been racking my brain trying to figure out. I keep thinking that maybe what they'll do is, despite the fact that the New Orleans zone um, is very popular on Mardi Gras, maybe Jubilee will like try some different city, you know, and do something similar where it's like all themed around um, attractions in, you know, say Paris or whatever. I don't know, but I'm sp- I've spent way more brain space than I probably should trying to figure out what the two new zones are going to be on this ship. Probably not, but I wonder if it'll be something Texas-based. The only thing I worry about with stuff like that, especially with like Mardi Gras, the name and everything sums up, you know, you get images of New Orleans. So it makes sense to have a New Orleans theme on there. The danger that you get 
with doing um, specific zones on a ship that is not themed is, for example, Breakaway, Norwegian Breakaway, was all done themed around New York City. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't sail out of New York City anymore for the most part. It sails out of all kinds (laughs) of other places. So it's a little weird. Whereas Mardi Gras, because it's the Mardi Gras, no matter where it sails, having the New Orleans section, you know, it's not like the whole ship is dedicated to New Orleans. It's just that zone it sort of makes sense. Anyway, I can't wait to figure out what, what zones they're going to introduce on Jubilee. Also, a little side note here. The original Jubilee was 47,000 gross registered tons. This one, 180,000 gross registered tons. So just a little bit bigger. And another milestone out of Los Angeles this past weekend. Uh, so, okay, the last time a Royal Caribbean ship sailed from Los Angeles, it was Mariner of the Seas. And the year that that happened was 2011. That doesn't sound like a long time ago, but that's because time has no meaning anymore. In reality, that was like a decade ago, which is insane in and of itself. Anyway, Navigator of the Sea is now sailing out of Los Angeles. It started with like a week-long sailing to the Mexican Riviera. Now it'll do a variety of sailings lasting anywhere from three nights to a week. Navigator is a very cool ship. It got a upgrade what maybe two years ago i think it it underwent uh the uh, the renovation process but it's nice to see another ship on the west coast i think we're seeing more and more of this that you know carnival has brought a ship to the west coast um now now we're going to have navigator on the west coast for a while it felt as if there really weren't too many ships out of california but it's you know cruising is back and it's not only back it's back in california And it was so popular last year that Carnival Cruise Line is doing it again this year. This is one of my favorite things. Um, So last year during the shutdown, Carnival basically kind of understood that the crew was a lot of crew members were stuck on ships and they weren't going to be able to be home for the holidays. And they also recognized that a lot of passengers who love taking not only taking cruises as a whole, but who also particularly love sailing during the holidays were probably kind of like, you know, missing being on the ship and maybe missing some of their favorite crew members. Cause like we all have that bartender who, you know, we hope is still working on the ship when we get back because he pours the best drinks. So Carnival put in place this program where um, passengers could send cards to the Carnival corporate offices and then Carnival distributed the cards. And, you know, people included like they, they, they included like money and gift cards and things like that in them. And they distributed these to the staff on the ships. This of course was really significant last year because this was during the shutdown and it had been a long time since the crew members had seen not only their families, but even passengers. So, you know, it, it did have a little bit more meaning this year, but I love that they continued to do it again this year. So up from now until December 1st, if you want to send a card, you just fill it out. You know, you don't address it to anybody in particular and you send it to the address Carnival Crew, care of Carnival Cruise Line, 3655 Northwest 87th Avenue, Miami, Florida, 33178. And you make sure to mark the envelope, Attention Operation Happy Holidays. And they will gather those cards and they will distribute them. You can also, if you're going on a cruise in the next you know week or two, you can take cards on board and they'll have sort of a, a mailbox on board that you can put your crew, your crew member cards in and they will they will distribute them that way as well. I think this is super cool and just you know a nice little way to thank the crew who does so much to, 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 to make every trip special, not just our holiday trips, but to make all of our vacations special. You know, it, it makes me think of last year. So I did a hundred of them last year and I was buying stamps again this year. 
And I was thinking as I was at the post office buying stamps, why don't you just mail them in a big envelope to Carnival instead of putting a hundred stamps on a hundred cards? <laughs> you didn't really do that, which is what did I, you? Yeah, well, I did that last year. And I'm like, what in the hell is wrong with me? I totally you know, could have. <laughs> sometimes, so, you know what? You've been on a lot of cruises, and and the sea air, all that salt in the sea air, has probably you know done a little oh. calcifying in your brain, kind of thing. So that's what we'll, how we'll explain it. Yep. So instead of getting a hundred stamps, like you know what? I'm just, I just need a book of twenty just for the regular Christmas cards <laughs> this year, and I'll just kind of throw them all in one big envelope and send it down the carnival next week or so. But yeah, so I have that happening. Uh, so this restart is ramping up very quickly. I think probably November has been the busiest month yet. What ships have we seen return so far? It has been crazy. I mean, let's put it this way. It's been so crazy that I have a feeling the list I'm about to give you is probably incomplete. I know I don't want there to be some angry person out there like, you know, you forgot to mention, you know, dip squad of the sea or whatever. So just since November, here's my list of ships. And forgive me if I've forgiven, forgotten any. So Holland America's Rotterdam. Um, started sailing on November 5th. Celebrity Reflection followed on November 6th. Celebrity Constellation was on November 7th. Explorer of the Sea, November 7th. Adventure of the Seas, November 8th. Norwegian Escape, November 13th. Carnival Legend was November 14th. Norwegian Joy, November 20th. Encore, November 21st. Holland American's New Stottendam on November 21st. I mean, it's to the point where I don't want to say we're bored with reporting that ships are, you know, the newest ship to be sailing, but it's it's getting to the point where it's not really becoming news anymore. It's just like, hey, yay, another ship is back. It's amazing. It's not really news anymore, but it's very exciting. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you know what? It is news. Um, for so long, all we were reporting was, oh, here's more cancellations or oh, another month that ships aren't going to sail or, you know, the, the, the no sale has been extended another month. So I will happily report every single time a new ship sails. Um, heck, if you want me to, I'll report it every time the same ship sails twice. <laughs> Listener question comes from Linda this week. She wants to know if she loses her mask on board, do the cruise ships sell them where she could buy another? Trust me, if you lose your mask, that ship will make sure that you have one. Um, they are, most ships are selling them, you know, whether in the gift shop or other places on board. A lot of ships are just handing them out. Um, I've heard reports of some ships where crew members have like a little, almost like a bag on their hip, sort of like a, you know, a Batman utility belt. And if they see you without a mask and they, and you say, oh my God, I forgot it in the room. Rather than making you go back and get it, they'll just hand you one. You are not going to have to worry about having a mask. I mean, obviously you should bring several. I think, I think it's really smart to, you know, bring a couple, keep one in your pocket, keep one in the stateroom, keep one, you know, in your tucked into your hat, whatever, so that you have them wherever, because it's, you are going to need it while you're on the ship. But if you find yourself without one, you know, you will you will fairly easily be able to find one. And that's a good thing. I know that wearing a mask is not necessarily what we all think of as being, you know, how we want to spend our cruise vacation. But if it comes down to wearing a mask on a cruise ship or not being able to get on a cruise ship, I will take wearing a mask on a cruise ship every day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. You know what is the thing is, yeah, I hate them too. They suck, especially I don't take the elevators. I only take the stairs and wearing a mask going up uh, like 18 flights of steps last week. It sucked. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> but um, 
I think that when you're inside of a cruise ship, like unless you're in an elevator or walking from point A to point B, that's only the really time you have to wear it anyway, because you're going to be sitting down eating or drinking, or if you're at a show, I guess too. But I mean, for the most part inside the ship, it's just in transit. I, I know that's like, just suck and, it up at this know, point. If you really, if you really hate it that much, but you're determined to go on a ship, do what I did on my next cruise. I made sure that I got a room that I'm really going to love with a big balcony. And I will happily sit on my balcony for a week, mask free and, and, you know, watch the world go by and live on room service if I have to, um, you know, just do what you have to do to get on a ship. But once you're on that ship, make sure that you follow the rules because that's how we keep being able to get on ships. Mm -hmm, absolutely. All right. I think that's it, man. I think so too. Staff writer, Richard Sims, have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thanks. And uh, thanks to you and happy Thanksgiving to all of the listeners. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience? Good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. You have questions. We have answers. Get the whole story on cruiseradio.net. Ryan and Deb were on the very first Norwegian cruise line ship to sail from Port Canaveral post shutdown. It was on Norwegian Escape, a seven night cruise to the Eastern Caribbean and to their private island, Great Stirrup. They join us on the line. Hey, Brian. Hey, Deb. Hey, Doug. Thanks Hi. for having us. Hi, Doug. Yeah, for sure. It's been a long time since I've heard y'all's voices. I, I think the last time we met on, uh, it was Carnival Vista in July of 2019, was it, in Galveston? Yeah, we sure did. And I'm really, I was really glad you uh, took the time and met us. That was a, it was a fanboy moment for <laughs> me because I've been listening to your show a long time, my friend. That's very sweet of you to say. Let's get some pre-cruise thoughts here. You're over in Pensacola, Florida. So we'll take a step back. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise out of Port Canaveral on Norwegian Escape? Yeah, so we ended up having to cancel a cruise on the Mardi Gras with a bunch of friends because of a family situation. So we wanted to replace that with Norwegian, and we wanted to do something in the Eastern uh, Caribbean. So we decided to pick the NCL Escape. You make your way over to Port Canaveral, and you didn't have to test at home before you got to the pier, but you did have to test at the terminal, which, by the way, what terminal do they use at Port Canaveral? It's number 10. Okay. Is that over there by Disney or more towards like Royal Caribbean? It's more by Disney. It's actually right next to Disney, the opposite way from mm -hmm. uh, Royal. Okay. Very cool. And how was the embarkation process once you got to the pier? Yeah. Once we got to the pier, we parked and went over to the testing tents and they gave us, um, basically they scanned our code from CVS and we did our little swab and we waited and it's supposed to only take 20 minutes or so. Once you're done with the testing, but it actually ended for us taking about an hour and we had a 10 o'clock boarding time. Yeah. And actually, once we got on the ship, 
uh, after that, there was no trouble after that, Doug. We walked right through the whole process of the terminal, got right on the ship. But then people started coming in and we looked out at the line and it was about a two hour process at that Yikes. point. So first cruise back, maybe they had some wrinkles to yeah. iron out. Yeah. When you were, it was time to get your negative result from the provider. Was there an email, a text alert? How were you notified? Well, actually they had a, they had a two large projectors in there showing uh, your code number. And so once they listed the number there in the tent where you're waiting, mm-hmm. uh, they'd come over, give you a wristband and you could leave. But you also could opt to get an email and text, but ultimately any one of those three things would have sufficed to get you through the process, get you wristband and out. Gotcha. So after your test was done, you walked right on board Norwegian Escape. How, what were your first impressions of the ship? I was so excited to be back on this ship because we were on this ship back in 2017 as our first cruise ship. Yeah, nice. first ever. And I was so excited to get back on. And it looked kind of the same as if we had just been on there, you know, not too long ago. So it was just the same. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did y'all book for this seven-night cruise? We did an interior stateroom up on deck 11. Yeah, and actually this was great because it was right next to the elevator it was so convenient. Like literally we were the first door right outside of the elevator. We were right there. So anytime I needed to run back to the room, it was perfect. And we didn't actually even bid. We didn't even choose to bid for a balcony or a Mm -hmm. different room because we didn't want to lose that location. It was (laughs) absolutely perfect. Even though it was small, we weren't spending a lot of time in there. There was no like storage. There's not lots of storage in those inside rooms. (laughs) It's kind of small, but the beds are great and it was cool and it was dark, so we got to sleep in, and so that was perfect. Now, those uh, the location of your staterooms, it could either be a blessing or a curse, depending on how your cruise yes. is going. Like Because you're right there at the elevator bank where people like to, you know, they're waiting for elevators, and they could be loud sometimes at all hours of the night. But yours was uh, pretty peaceful, it sounds like. Yeah, and honestly, I don't remember hearing much of anything through the door. A little bit here and there, but mm-hmm. very, very little. So maybe mm-hmm. we were lucky, but... Um, like uh, cutting back from like sitting in the atrium, if you needed to go pick something up or drop something off, it I bet it was a total of a hundred steps total, nice. uh, and you, you're already back down. So it was really convenient. Yeah, great, great location there. As far as the stateroom, let's say like uh, protocols for cleaning or uh, like the remote either being in a plastic bag, like a lot of hotels have. Was there anything like that on board? No, the remote wasn't covered. And no, honestly, Doug, I I really feel like. To me, there was literally nothing different about this ship because of COVID mm-hmm. other than the, the mask wearing by the staff. We as passengers never had to wear masks. We didn't have to distance. Everything in the buffet was as it was. Everything was open. There was just literally nothing there that was different and it felt great. I agree. Yeah, that's that's awesome. such a great feeling. Let's talk about uh, dining on this seven night cruise. Now, uh, we were talking before the interview, and you said you got the dining package, which included two specialty dining venues there. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's talk about the buffet area. Um, how was the buffet, and were there any significant changes from the last time you sailed? Garden Cafe was pretty much the same as what we remember, and what that means to us is high quality food. Uh, as far as buffets would go, um, Norwegian really has, they put a lot of, I think, ex- a lot of investment and money into the quality of their food. So there's a ton of variety. It's delicious food, uh, really comfortable seating, great service up there too. So uh, we loved 
uh, the Garden Cafe? Yeah, a couple of times in the morning when we were up there, someone would come by and say, do you want orange juice or coffee? And they would go and get it for you and mm-hmm. come back. And I personally love the Garden Cafe bar right outside mm-hmm. because they have my fresh squeezed juice and I got that every single day. It mm-hmm. was amazing. So yeah, we really appreciated that whole experience. And you could serve yourself. You didn't have anybody serving you. You could just walk up and grab whatever you needed. Gosh, that's so awesome. Every mm-hmm. I, you know, I just got back from my 10th cruise when I got off MSC Seashore um, a few days ago. And uh, all 10 cruises, everyone has been being served. Um, hmm. And sometimes it would cause a little bit of gridlock. Um, sometimes not because the ships are sailing at reduced capacity. But it, it sounds like this so far in the interview that your experience was just like a pre-COVID experience. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good way to sum it up. Yeah, I that's... really do. And I mean, what a what an amazing thing to have gotten to do that yeah that, that's so awesome did you notice a lot of kids on your sailing not at all um, no. i think i might have seen three or four mm-hmm. 12 to 12 plus year olds at the most yeah well, yeah you know i noticed kids only on the last on the um glow party night so you know they come in with their their teen club and they but there were took over there the were party. very few very yeah. few, very Doug. few. Yeah. gotcha now for the specialty dining on board you did moderno and cagney's uh, talk to us about those experiences it probably sounds like I'm answering a lot of these dining questions, but Deb has a has a gluten free vegetarian diet, so she she's pretty consistent wherever she goes. So I'm probably the better one to, to talk about these places. But Moderno is fantastic. I mean, fresh, hot food uh, coming out, and it's you just really have to kind of pace yourself at that venue. But um, service with a smile, uh, delicious food. Uh, the salad bar is. I mean, I think. Anybody who's ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse knows the salad bar is second to none. So, wonderful time at Moderno. And then Cagney's, um, we did that our last night. And we happened to be with a few friends. And we all were just glowing. And we basically floated out of Cagney's like (laughs) angels floating out. We were just so happy. They just tasted delicious. And there's just so much food, you can hardly believe it. So, wonderful time. Now, with Moderno, that's the... Brazilian Steakhouse, correct? Yes. Now, was that, again, was that uh, like pre-COVID where they were still walking around with the meat and cutting it off or putting it on your plate and all of that? Absolutely. No different. Gosh, I've got mm-hmm. to get on an NCL sailing. Soon. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. So uh, other dining venues. So we have the buffet we talked about, specialty. I know there's really not a main dining room per se uh, with Norwegian Cruise Line, but any, time, any kind of like sit-down dining and savor or taste or anything? Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah, we did. Mostly we, I think we sat and taste. <laughs> I think there was one night where there was some confusion that if we needed to have a dress code, and I think it was just an employee that was mistaken, but great service and, and taste when we went, every yeah. time we went. Yeah, and, and taste and savor are two different names, but they're pretty much exactly the same kind of dining room with the same menus in virtually the same location. So uh, there's really no difference, but the quality was great. For the dress code, what were you uh, like? What were you trying to wear? Where they said no? <laughs> well, we had our clown suits on. Doug, <laughs> in the, no, no, no. I I I like wearing uh, shorts when I uh, when I cruise. Mm-hmm. So um, I like Norwegian. They're freestyle cruising because, I mean, with few exceptions, very few, you can wear you know a nice pair of shorts and maybe a polo anywhere you want to go, um, including Cagney's Steakhouse. But yeah, one of the dining rooms one night they. They had said, uh, we've changed that, and we're no longer doing that in our dining rooms. So I was kind of in shock, and 
I thought, oh my goodness, I didn't pack any, I didn't pack any pants. What mm-hmm. am I going to do? Yeah. And it turns out she was mistaken. So yeah, I mean, I, first cruise back, that's what, that's what it was. Yeah. I think there was a lot of training on this, this cruise ship. There's a lot of new folks coming in and mm-hmm. training to do different things. So I think it was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's, that's fair. Now, how about food like, um, around the pool or around the ship other than we've already spoken about? Did you find any good joints there? Yeah, well, definitely Oceans, Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the, of course, it's called the local on the newer ships, but it's the, you know, the Irish pub. And honestly, we ate there a lot. My friend Ricky, who was cruising with us, he would say wings, and then I'd kind of give him the nod, and voila, we'd find ourselves sitting at Oceans ordering a basket of wings. I mean, I, I, I would be embarrassed to tell you how many basket of wings we probably all consumed in this cruise so oceans was fantastic service was great there it's always very quick when you need something quick um and just kind of yummy kind of that bar food delicious it's there 24 hours a day so it's fantastic it's funny you're talking about the wings because when i did encore just before the shutdown I fell in love with the wings at O'Sheehan's, and I would always tuck myself in a little bit earlier than my friends, but they would call me um, in the stateroom. I'd be sound asleep, and they'd be like, hey, we're going for wings. I'm like, all right, give me five minutes. I'll be up there. there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's for, the wings are solid you. there. I like the wings there. Really good. Uh, outside of O'Sheehan's, any other places? I, I can't think off the top of my head. Is there like a pizza joint or anything on board? Well, the pizza is in the Garden Cafe, okay. and it's actually pretty good. But yeah, it's all be- – I mean, on Norwegian, uh, we've cruised Carnival, and they kind of break out some of their food, the burgers and yeah. pizzas in a different place. Well, in on Norwegian, it's all built into the Garden Cafe, which is the buffet. And so that's where you get that. But um, we did want to go to Food Republic, which is kind of an Asian fusion restaurant there. It's a la carte. Um, but our friends just looked at the menu, and they just didn't look good enough, and – we thought, well, do we want to eat this food or do we want to spend more time with our friends? And so we, we opted to just spend some more time with them. We, we didn't get to eat it this time. Does um, Norwegian still have the Margaritaville on board? They do not. They changed it to American Diner. Mm-hmm. And you know, back on our first go-around on Escape, we sure frequented Margaritaville a lot. Yeah. But we did not choose to try American Diner. Uh, that kind of food just didn't look appealing to us. Gotcha. And it's like diner food, right? Yeah, shakes, burgers, yeah. fries, you know. Did you see there was a surcharge for that? Yeah, there is. There is a charge for that, although I'm sorry to say I don't know if it's a la carte or yeah. one one price. Gotcha. So let's talk about entertainment on this seven-night cruise. What would you all think? Actually, they had a lot of good entertainment on this ship. Uh, one of the things that we did was it started like the escape room. It's called Bamboozled. And it was a fun game where you figure out a puzzle and, you know, solve something for your team um, and you're against like 10 other teams. And we got so, so close. We literally were right up to the minute and we just got it right before um, the time was up. So that was so much fun. And yeah, (laughs) now we know all the answers, but we're not going to (laughs) tell. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I actually did see the Choir of Man. Mm -hmm. And that was um, the first time I've ever seen that one or heard of it even. And when I when I got out, I was just so impressed with what they could do. And the the staff, you know, at the end, they were just so excited that we are all coming back on the cruise ship. But that was a great, great show. If you ever get a chance to see that, it was so clever. It was funny. It was just a bunch of it was a bunch of guys and they sing songs and it's about it's all set in a bar. And uh, it was really very, very clever. Very fun. Is it more of like a acapella thing or are they, I saw a piano oh. on stage on Encore. Do they play the piano as well? Yeah, there's music along okay. with their singing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, back, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Deb. Oh, just one other one other performer that I remember was I can't remember her last name, but her name was Sonia. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of funny because uh, she was a British lady, and she sang her way basically through the decades. So she did different songs, and uh, they were great. <laughs> and the one funny thing about her is that um, she's she is very eccentric. She's wearing a dress that to me looked like. A fruit roll-up. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We, like a multicolored fruit roll-up. We and referred I to her as, as the fruit roll-up lady, just by default. You know, is yeah. she going to be playing again? Or like, she was really clever. She was funny. She was sassy, and yeah, that dress fit her well. That she was, she wore a fruit roll-up dress, so it was kind of <laughs> cute. <laughs> Back to the escape room for a second. So I've never have gone to one because I have I have really really bad like um, space and claustrophobic issues. But would I have an issue in there? No, it's really just a supper club, and you're just sitting at a table. If you're, you're sitting at a booth mm-hmm. and looking at a yeah. puzzle, it feels Doug. It feels no different than if you're sitting in a restaurant at a table. Um, and of course, you, if you need to leave, you can leave at any time. Yeah. So it's it's not really the fact that you're stuck anywhere. The premise of this story, and I'm giving nothing away here is you need to help a superhero uh, solve a puzzle to so he can get somewhere and, and save the day. Okay. Um, so it's really not like you're stuck in this place at all. But it's the same principle, like as far as the brain teasers and stuff, mm-hmm. very challenging, very fun. You get that same level of fun and entertainment without the, oh my God, I'm stuck in this room, I can't get out feeling. Yeah, gotcha. So, how about music uh, around the ships in different venues, like um, mm-hmm. any pubs or anything like that? Yeah. Um, we, um, again, because of our friends and because of probably me, uh, admittedly, we really like the district brew house on Norwegian ships when you can find one mm-hmm. escape has one and they have, uh, that, that is basically a place you can get craft local beer on tap and in bottles and, and even cocktails and things. And they have a person in there at a piano in the evenings playing, just playing sing-along songs, you know, the sweet Caroline type. Yeah. So that's available. They also have. Howl at the Moon, which is a brand of dueling pianos, high energy, big venue. You're going to get 150 people in there, 200 people, and it's a real riot. Um, So they have both of those options for pianos, and we definitely took advantage of both. Very cool. Did you know what uh, what the capacity was on this cruise? Yeah. In fact, during one of the presentations with the upper staff, they talked about that, and they said there were 1,650 employees on the ship and that is just about full capacity for the employee side Mm -hmm. and on the passenger side they were about half capacity so it was um you know about 22 to 2400 passengers on the ship so we had a lot of staff yeah there to there to help us out well yeah i was going to ask because uh we're going to talk about sea days now and i guess selling out a reduced capacity um sea days probably crowds and congestion weren't really an issue were they yeah, really not. Um, the only place that we found that there was congestion was the atrium where we have those large shows like the Perfect Couple and the Newly newlywed, Red. not so Newlywed show. So those that, you know, I think that venue is just too small. They just need to have, you know, more chairs and more bigger space. That's the only really the time that I found it was congested. I agree. I didn't find any other congestion, not in the elevator areas, not in the bars, not on the pool deck, nowhere. I mean, it was a dream come true. I think you've been telling us about how long. Like this is a this is a really good time to be cruising if you like sure. cruising, and we agree. It, we felt the same way. It was it was a, kind of a dream come true scenario. How was Spice H two O on this ship? Mm. <laughs> it was great. So good, so good <laughs> on the right nights. 
Um, we are of the age where 80s night is kind of a big deal for Deb and I, mm-hmm. I would say. So yeah. we took full advantage of that. What an amazing time. In fact, I asked some of my friends we were with, uh, they're really big carnival fans. I said, you know, and we've been to the 80s party on both cruise lines, but I said, what do you think? So their first Norwegian cruise, I said, what do you think of the 80s party versus what you're used to on carnival? And he said, okay, this was way high energy. Nice. <laughs> that was the one comment he made. So it's definitely over the top, amazing at Spice H2O. And of course, during the day, it's a wonderful, relaxing paradise, you know, where you can catch the sun and they have the grotto uh, that kind of rains on you. I know that sounds silly on a cruise ship, but yeah, if you Wait get too in. hot, you walk through mm-hmm. and yeah. cools you off. So, I mean, it's, yeah, Spice is a great venue. How was y'all's cruise director? We had Jackie. He was actually, I thought he was great. I think, I think so he too. did a really, really good job. He was, he dressed up like Prince on 80s night. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, but he, he really has a lot of talent, actually. Uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't find in my history that Norwegian has as strong of cruise directors maybe as Carnival. Um, But Jackie on this cruise, I think he definitely matches up. Yeah, and there was one event that they had in the atrium where he was decorating a cake against um, the the chef, the head chef. Mm -hmm. And um, he was doing his cake. They'd add layers and add frosting and add cherries and add alcohol. And he was he was making a big fool of himself. It ended up being like a big anthill versus a flat yeah, pretty you, cake. You it should was, have seen that cake, Doug. It was, it was hilarious. Terrible. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, as far as the smoking situation in the casino on board, how was that? Well, Doug, I am a casino denizen on these cruise ships, so I'm definitely the guy to ask about that. I love the casino. It wasn't as bad as normal because of the la- the lower capacity. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, when you're sitting in the smoking side of the casino and someone uh, smokes right next to you, uh, you're going to smell it. Walking through, you probably could smell it, but it wasn't uh, really bad. If you're just walking through, it would be very mild. Um, but yeah, um, they they could do a better job for sure. And in future ships, they did with sealing it off a little mm-hmm. better. But Escape does have that issue, I'd say. Gotcha. And this seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing went to Tortola, St. Thomas, and Norwegian's private island. Great stirrup. Um, how was Tortola? I haven't been there in years. Oh, my goodness. Tortola is one of the most amazing ports. We ended up um, getting to the port and spending basically the entire day at Cane Garden Bay, and it is just absolutely lovely. It was easy, 15-minute taxi ride over to the beach. It was amazing. Yeah, the taxi ride goes over. We debated whether it was a hill or a mountain, Doug, and I don't know if you remember what you weigh in on on that, but the taxi ride can be a little harrowing, (laughs) and some of the hairpin turns and stuff. But, man, when you get to Cane Garden Bay – that is a beach, my friend. That is a beach. Um, I can't. I don't think there's enough good things to say about the you know swimming soaking experience of spending time there. You know, this is like a sixteen dollar taxi ride for a round trip. Round trip, yeah. and the people, Doug, the people of Tortola, absolutely top notch, friendly, helpful, wonderful people. In your next port of call was St. Thomas. What'd y'all do there? We actually ended up staying on the ship on that port day because it's a short day. I think sail away or was like two o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. It was like six to two was our port day. And we wanted to sleep in that might've been eighties night morning <laughs> after. And I think we wanted to sleep in. So by the time that we got up and got my fresh squeezed juice and breakfast, there really wasn't a whole lot of time to, to do that. And we're not comfortable getting back at one thirty. We're sure. more comfortable getting off another hour before that, just to, so yeah. that we have some wiggle room. 
And then your last port was uh, Great Syrup, which is Norwegian's private island right there next to Royal Caribbean's Perfect Day, which is kind of weird when you when you look at the two right next to each other. Like uh, when I was at Perfect Day a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? If I was at Norwegian's island, I'd be mm-hmm. thinking, man, I wish I was over there. <laughs> but then there were certain times uh, at Perfect Day I was thinking, man, I wish I was over there at Norwegian's island. <laughs> I know what you mean, the dog. It's hard to... It's hard to not kind of think about that as mm-hmm. you as you approach and you're, you're getting at a tender. You're looking, and it's so easy to see the island and their ships over at Coco Key. Um, and yeah, you know that those of us that love those thrills, we're probably thinking, "Man, I'm just going to do a distance swim and go over to the mm-hmm. water park." Right. But but the people that just love to soak in the sun and and catch the wave, you know, kind of soak in the water, have a drink. Great Stirrup Key is perfect for that. And with uh, Norwegian, the uh, does the drink package work on their island? Yes, actually, it does. It works great. You can just go up to the bar, give them your card, and they give you a drink. Actually, you could order two drinks if you want. Nice. And I actually, um, when we were in the ocean at Great Stirrup, I... Um, well, Deb was I, smart here. She came up with a plan, Doug. I have a life hack here. <laughs> so I, we were in the ocean, all, all of us, all our friends, and I noticed there was a server kind of walking the chairs. And so I waved him down, and I gave him a $20 tip to say, hey, can you serve us drinks at the ocean side, if we come up to the shore, can you bring us drinks? And so all we'd have to do is wave at him, and he did. He brought us drinks all afternoon. Oh, that's awesome. It was great. There yeah. You yeah, slip him, a, slip him a little bit of cash there. He's your yeah. best friend for the day, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did y'all think? Because Norwegian recently redeveloped that island, and uh, they started doing it in phases. And then uh, I think like around mid to late 2019 is when it was pretty much all done, um, with the exception of the luxury part over there. But what did y'all think of the uh, the renovations? Yeah, I mean, it was neat to see people finally using the lighthouse and the zip line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool. But when you are, um, when you kind of take our approach of we just you know, get us into the water, you don't notice it as much, I'm afraid. Most of the stuff that they did was well beyond in the other half of the island. And so we really didn't get to see that. It's part. a very pretty island, though. It's very well manicured and mm-hmm. it's just there lots of palm trees and lots and lots of chairs. You go a little further and there's more chairs and you see there's lots of space there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's really nice. It's lovely. Yeah. It's just a dream. It's a dreamland. It's great. It's crazy how things have changed. And I don't know if they were doing mm-hmm. this back in 2017 when y'all were there, but. Um, they used to have these tender boats, and how we used to disembark is they would drive these tender boats right up on the beach and lower yeah. this ramp, ah. like we were storming the beaches or something, and everyone would just <laughs> jump off. It was, I think it's actually the same tender boats they're using now because I believe the ones they have oh. now have a ramp still. Yeah, um, I can see the, knowing the tender the way it looks and operates, that would work. Yeah, but yeah, no, they do have a little. They have a disembarkation area for the for the tenders. Uh, built in, but that would be funny. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that was like back in uh, like like 2012, I think. I think they started developing a couple of years after that, where they actually cut that inlet for the for where the boats go now and made that nice complex. So you make your way back to Port Canaveral. The cruise is over. How was disembarkation? Disembarkation went really smoothly. We had been uh, back on on a, a, sh- a cruise on Horizon here in July, and it was kind of it went didn't go as well in the mornings, and so we. You know, we had to wait a long time. We do self-assist, disembark. Uh, we had to wait a long time, and it was kind of frustrating. Well, we kind of prepared for that again here. And we thought, okay, first cruise back, there are probably going to be some snafus or some, some things. Sure enough, right on time to the minute at 7.30 in the morning, hey, we're ready if you want to get off, self-assist. And they made the announcement, whoosh, we were off. 
you know, they did the facial recognition and we just kind of cruised right through the terminal. And there was one problem though, Doug, I do have to say, and it won't affect everybody who's listening, but anybody who drives to the port, we parked in the garage there and um, there was only one elevator working. So there was a very, very long line to get back to your car. (laughs) So that was a pinch point. Yeah, back to the space issues. I have a nervous breakdown. I'd, I'd be taking the steps. I don't care how long it would take me. I, I would not be jumping in that elevator with all those people waiting there. Just couldn't yeah. do it, for sure. So it sounds like you had a pretty awesome cruise for the first one back for NCL. So um, do you have any first-time tips to offer someone who may be sailing NCL on startup? Yes, uh, I would actually recommend that you get to the atrium for those big shows like an hour or an hour and a half early because the chairs run out and people will be standing. So if you want to watch those shows and they are one of the best ones I've ever seen on the ship, get to the atrium early. That would be a great suggestion. Yeah, And I would say um, a tip I would have is in the app, you can download the daily schedule for what's going on. Unfortunately, in Norwegian's app, I think that it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, you'll see an event, you'll see a title you might be interested in. You naturally would just want to click it with your thumb to see details, and it doesn't do that. Uh-huh. So you might be looking at the schedule going, well, I'd like wonder what this is at 3 o'clock. Well, if you have this PDF downloaded, you can, you can look it up. Speaking of the app uh, in the like the pre-cruise experience, were you able to make uh, like reservations on the app? And uh, I don't know if Norwegian's making you make reservations for the show or not, but could you like was the app interactive pre-cruise or was it only like once you're on the ship you can actually use it? It was designed to be, um, you know, interactive pre-cruise, but it just didn't. There were a lot more misses than hits, Doug. So I would say that's an area that Norwegian could work on. Mm-hmm. So I would not count on it. Uh, better to go to ncl.com, log into your account, and and book like your specialty restaurant reservations and um, any shows that they might be offering. I don't know that they even offered reservations for shows on this yeah. cruise, Doug. They did in the past. Yeah. But you could definitely book, and I highly, highly recommend booking specialty restaurants early before your cruise if you want to do them. Gotcha. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? And uh, I want to get an answer from each of you. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start. We had something pretty amazing happen to us in the casino. We ended up hitting a $7,900 jackpot oh. on a slot machine. So I would love to say it was the, the beautiful <laughs> islands and the great service and the food, but that kind of tips over for me. I think I'd yeah, probably I'd say, say that. Yeah, and then other than just hanging out with our friends and, and enjoying a cruise once again, you know, I loved King Garden Bay, the spending the time in the ocean. And when we were waiting for a taxi to come back, I have a tradition. I try to look for beach dogs, and I give them treats and snacks, and mm-hmm. I found a dog. Sometimes nice. I don't, and I did. So they, I was able to feed a cute little beach dog. So King Garden Bay was my, my highlight. Brian, are you playing, um, are you doing like max bet on those slots to hit that? Doug, I'll tell you, this is part, this is why it's so amazing. The game I was playing, it was $1 and 20 cents for the bet of that machine, 120 and $7,888 jackpot on that game. (laughs) So that's 6,500 times my bet. Yeah. Pretty good. That good for you, man. Well, in closing here, uh, what are (laughs) y'all's final thoughts of Norwegian escape? I thought the ship is amazing. You're going to see some great things. You're going to see have some great service and great food. It's all around one of my favorite ships. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's been our first love, Doug. It's the, it's the ship that hooked us on cruising. Our first two cruises were on Escape, and I still love her. I just love it to death. I I want to go back next week. Awesome. Very cool. We've been talking with Brian and Deb about their seven-night cruise to the Eastern Caribbean out of Port Canaveral, the very first Norwegian cruise line ship sailing out of Port Canaveral post-startup or post-shutdown, I guess I should say. Brian, Deb, thank you so much for spending some time and giving this review. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you, Doug. All right, take care. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.